Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Machines podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And today, we are after Mercenary Pursuits. Uh, first aired October the 9th, 1999, uh, written by Michael Reeves, who has written a ton of animation stuff. I uh, wrote a lot of uh, Batman the Animated Series. Uh, wrote an episode of uh, Generation 1, uh, the big broadcast of 2006. Oh. And he wrote uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, wow. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty good. And I think he wrote that uh, one episode of Real Ghostbusters with Cthulhu. <laughs> so, that's a good pedigree. Oh, what was that episode? Uh, yes, The Collect Call of Cthulhu. Oh. <laughs> this is probably going to be our best episode then, maybe, with, with that pedigree. I love that episode so much. Oh, and also a ton of that old Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. Ooh. Oh, man. Wow. With evil yeah, Peter Cullen. Bro. <laughs> wrote that, wrote like 20 episodes of Gargoyles. Oh. Uh, wait, was it first or second season, or was it that weird third season? <laughs> um, let's see. I suppose this is a very important distinction to make. Yes. Uh, oh, in fact, he wrote for, uh looks like, just the first two seasons. Oh, okay. okay. In fact, he wrote the uh, the five-part pilot. Huh. Wow. Wow. And also that episode where uh, they turn people to stone and uh, Demona's just <gasps> walking through the city smashing people with a mace. Ah, <laughs> oh, that episode. That episode is super messed up. It is. How did they get away with that? Disney. I mean, because I guess they didn't show us the, you know, aftermath when there are just bits of meat all over the streets. <laughs> <laughs> as, as long so, as yeah. it's just implied that they're horribly slaughtering people, it's okay. That's right. So, yeah, Michael Reeves, he's good. And he wrote a couple other episodes of Beast Machine, so we'll be coming back to him. Hmm, awesome. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So we open with Viacons. So yes, I, we do. I, I noticed that Megatron pretty much immediately regrets having gone back to having lackeys. Yeah. Kind of yes and no. At least he has someone to shout at now. I've missed I Megatron guess. ordering his un useless underlings around, and so has he. That's he does seem to be reveling in it. He's going full on... G1 cartoon Megatron Skeletor Mumra demanding to know why his minions have failed and then torturing them for having failed. You yes. blundering tape-filled idiots. Blundering <laughs> baboons. I love that. I mean, obviously he's glad now that he has these minions because why else would he have built that pain ray? <laughs> I guess that's a good point. Mm. He's, he's got to have somebody to Emperor Palpatine. That's right. Based, based on this episode, I think he's been doing this a long time, long enough that he's been taking people up here to torture and just kind of ran out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, so, yeah, they're they're not pleased. He, he smacks uh, 
smacks them all around a little, shoots them with the pain ray, and sends them out to get the Maximals, and promises to reward them with uh, something if they get the Maximals. Yeah, it's a weird you know, carrot and stick thing after he just did negative reinforcement with the lightning ray. Yes. Maybe he's going to reward them with, like, an ice cream party? <laughs> I mean, Jetstorm doesn't have a mouth, so that one's going to be difficult. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he does all the talking. I suppose. This is also well, I mean, true. Yeah. So, I mean, and we later get an idea of what the reward is for one of them, at least, but it doesn't make as much sense for the other two. It, but we'll no. get to that when we get to it. Yes. Also, Brian Dobson doing Jetstorm here is just... A, he's super delightful, and B, this is the first time I think I've heard a hint of Vegeta in his delivery. Yeah, he, Brian when drummed. he gets angry, it's a little Vegeta. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. A little, little more of that roughness to the voice. Yeah. Yeah, Vegeta, Vegeta That's always... That's when he's yelling. Vegeta always sounded to me like and, a short man, and Jetstorm doesn't quite <laughs> shout, sound like an angry short person. Well, no, I mean... Jetstorm is, uh, he's so tall he never touches the ground. Yes. Yeah. And also, Vegeta is short. Yeah. That's true. Meanwhile, uh, so yeah, they they go out, and we actually open this episode with about five solid minutes of Viacons. Uh, yeah. Almost as much, yeah. And they pretty immediately, uh, a rivalry develops between Jetstorm and Thrust. Yeah, because Thrust is, I'm, of course... I wouldn't call it a rivalry. But they just attack each other. Yeah. Yes. Well, first... <laughs> yes. It's understandable because Thrust is trying to go his own way, and Jetstorm's like, hey, what's up? So, of course, Thrust, <laughs> gets, Thrust gets angry at him saying that line, and they start fighting. I hated that, com- I hated that commercial. <laughs> it, it was everywhere. It was all over wrestling. There was no way to avoid it. It, it was just the background noise even of av- life for a few years. I couldn't even avoid it on, like indistinct future Cybertron. Nope. Which commercial? Uh, the the Budweiser WhatsApp commercial. Oh, right. I keep forgetting that even is a commercial. It's better that way. <laughs> it's just such a, you know, multifaceted cultural phenomenon now. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they fight, and they pay Tankor no mind because he's basically, you know, he's a non-entity to them. Yeah. Also, he's not, like, getting involved, so... And, yeah, I guess it's probably because he's stupid, so they're like, eh. <laughs> he won't he's not worth our time. And he's also very single-minded, possibly probably because his mind can only handle one track yes. at a time. He still sounds very much like he's struggling to live. Yeah, his his life is yeah. pain. Yeah, he's he's definitely got that my life is pain sound to his voice. Why his shoulders hurt? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's that cannon. Yeah, good point. That would probably be a real strain to have to carry around all the time. Yeah. Yes. So meanwhile, the Maximals... Uh, I mean, Optimus Primal is... Uh, I guess Black Rachnia told him about all that stuff that she remembered. Because he has, I guess, found the wherewithal to get a little holographic projector that projects the heads of Rhinox and Silverbolt. Yeah, that's kind so of a lot... So can feel bad about them. Kind of a lot to miss between episodes, but but it, it it does give us Primal missing his Rhinox, which is nice. Yes, it is. And I also have to agree with Rat Trap. Yeah, it might have been better not to tell him. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's just gonna feel bad about it. We're all gonna feel bad about it. It's true. Yeah. 
But good news, because thanks to Primal's nebulously mystical powers, he can sense a familiar spark. Mm-hmm. Mm. So he I says. wonder what it could be. So this time, he goes with Black Arachnia, and Cheetor goes with Rat Trap. Yeah, change up the dynamic, that's good. Mm, yeah, they, they do seem to be doing that a lot. I don't think we've had two of the same character pairings uh, for the past few episodes. Uh, no, yeah, I don't think nice. we have. Oh. That's nice, because it happens in so many shows where it's always the same characters pairing off to go do whatever. The, the Scooby-Doo conundrum happens. Although, I mean, we did have a lot of that in Beast Wars, because it was often Rat Trap and Dinobot. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I mean. It, it's even more of a change now. Because it was usually Rat yes. Trap, Dinobot, or Cheetor, and whoever would put up with him. <laughs> often Cheetor just... and himself, really. Yes. I was just thinking, on most shows, they would probably have specific pairings to avoid having the same voice actor voicing a conversation with himself. <laughs> but with Scott McNeil, you're kind of doing it so he can do that. It's yes. kind of unavoidable there. Well, yeah, in Beast Wars, in Beast Machines, so far, he's just one dude. I know. He must have been sad for him. Yeah. Yeah. So many fewer paychecks. Who am I getting, going to get into conversation with now? Gary Chalk? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to talk to Gary Chalk. That's no fun. Oh, I bet it is fun, though. I'm sure, I mean, you guys have seen Gary Chalk conventions. I'm sure he is a delight. <laughs> yeah, he's fun. And as luck would have it, Rattrap, of course, stumbles into a laboratory that was apparently used specifically by Megatron. Yeah, he's... secret virus lab. He's actually being competent for five minutes and sneaking in there through the... Yeah, five seconds. Sneaking in there through the air ducts. Yeah. I think it over how cool the warehouse looked. Yeah. It does look really cool. They decide to go in there because it looks, it's locked down like something important. Yeah, it is one of the right, few buildings And so that's they figure it must be important. Hmm. You know, it's like in that movie Ant-Man. All they know about uh, Michael Douglas' house is that there's a big safe in it, and so they assume there must be something cool in that big safe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a reasonable assumption. Yeah. And they were right. I also like, I also like their sort of Cybertronian, I guess, biohazard symbols in there when we get in there. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, it's very nice set design. Yes. And actually, this show has consistently had very nice set design. We're going to get a lot of that in this and also in the subsequent episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, because they don't have to d- design, like, a big expansive plane with trees and everything. Uh, oh, buildings, they're more fun. We could just throw laboratory equipment all over the place. It'll look neat. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, they discovered this is where Megatron made that transformation virus. And it also contains a counter virus. Which Which is some okay. kind of device. Yeah, thing. it kinda looks like uh actually kinda looks like Rat Trap's head. Yeah. A I, little bit. I took that to be some kind of like robo syringe. Yeah, it's sort yeah. of like yeah, the top half that. a gun and the bottom half looks like a wheel. It's weird. It's a thingy. It's yes. definitely a thingy. This is good news for Rat Trap. Rat Trap finds this. He's he's very excited about it, and Cheetor, in his infinite wisdom, Decides to leave him alone with it. <laughs> to go tell Optimus, this... which good instincts, but maybe misapplied. Yes, yeah, that's like exactly what this send Rat Trap to go tell Optimus. Yeah, well, because Cheetor doesn't realize that his character progression has accelerated, but Rat Traps has gone into retrograde. Well, I mean, it, it, his character progression hasn't entirely gone forward, because uh, once again, we're going to have to set the Cheetor does something stupid counter back to zero. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
I mean, he does tell Rattrap not to touch anything, but surprise, it doesn't work. <laughs> surprise, he touched something. It's Cheetor being surprised that he doesn't... Ha- he has to be the responsible one here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's messing with him and us. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess it's just a sign of how much the characterization has changed, but... yeah. I don't think this would have been an issue with uh, Cheetor in or with the uh, Rat Trap in the past. No, well, I mean part of it is that Rat Trap now is kind of desperate in a way that he previously wasn't. I, wait, did didn't Rat True. Trap do something once before where like he crossed his fingers behind his back or something? Or was that Dinobot? Um, Somebody did that. I can't. I, I think I it mean, was Dinobot. Yeah, I mean I know that Rat Trap has certainly done dumb things in the past. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> like in uh, a better mouse trap. Yes. Yeah. But he he swears. But in this case, I mean, he swears upon rat's honor, which in itself is a dubious concept. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Come that's on. where maybe Twitter gets the did something stupid today sign reset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and just you know, he knows that Rat Trap is been stuck in rat mode, which is kind of useless for a long time now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Rat Trap isn't used to being useless. I mean, he seems so, very proud to be able to get into that building. Yes. Poor guy. Yeah. So, anyway, it's about this time. So Cheetor goes, Rattrap has this thing, and uh, now Tankor, who has not been busy beating up the other Vehicons, shows up. Yeah, his, he's his vehicle mouth is still super scary, and it makes me uncomfortable. It's more scary, because, like, in he, the first episode, he didn't flap his... He didn't talk that much. He had, like, three words he said over and over. Here he's stringing Where maybe four words together. Yeah. Go. He's stringing more words together and flapping it around, and just his weird stapler mouth. That for some reason it kind of reminds me of like a lighter. I don't know why. Like the 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 grill. I mean, yeah, the I mean, well the the front the bit at the front with the sort of holes and the yeah yeah that that, that makes me think of like an old style lighter. Yeah. So he he finds the monkey and the spider and just starts shooting things. Yeah, but luckily they can transform to beast mode, and he can't find them. Uh, unfortunately, Rattrap has taken the transformation enhancer and can finally get into his robot mode, and we finally see it, and uh, it's not great. I noticed no. previously when when they're in the lab and he's messing around with the computer and realizing what's in there, it shows there's like a little wireframe diagram on the screen of his robot mode and his beast mode, and it only shows the robot mode from the waist up. Yeah. <laughs> I can see why they'd do that. Also, yeah. that actually gives me a theory about this. That mm-hmm. that wasn't the lab where Megatron engineered the virus, and that was, and as we're about to see, that counter virus is doing exactly what it was designed to do. I think Ooh. this was a honeypot trap. Ah. Maybe. Huh. That's a thought. But, well... Yeah, I can see that, I although, guess. I mean, there don't appear to be any, like, Viacon drones there or anything. Well, well that's so, the no, thing, but is they... it, it, was, it was a trap to pull them in so they could slip right, or slip rat trap this thing that was going to mess them up. Or maybe not just or rat any of them tried it. It's going to make them... Megatron knows that uh, rat trap is having these problems yet. No, it, that could have been a trap he knows there's not. Of time. Like, it was a trap yeah, for the been. Cybertronians before. Could have been a trap in the first episode, even, when they didn't have the whole reformatting thing done. Yeah, that is true. And also, it was 
they can't get scanned in beast mode, but they can in robot mode, so even if they don't have people there all the time, yeah, it's totally going to make them light up like a giant flare. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Rat Trap comes in and says, Hey, guys, looky what I can do, and then transforms into his robot mode. And Oh, God, I hate it. He has no legs. I, I, I well, think that's not the part the that most... bothers me so much. He's Professor X with a newsboy cap. The weirdest yeah. thing about it, and for some reason I just hadn't, like, even though I, I had the toy and everything, I didn't really... I had forgotten or whatever, but, like, from about mid-torso down, he just has all these, like, really skeletal features. Yeah, yeah. like his hips are sticking. His hip bones, which he should not even have as a robot, are, like, jutting out crazily. It's, it's yeah, and he doesn't everything. have a waist so much as sort of a spinal column, and yeah, it's, it's, it, it was way creepier than I remembered. And also his chest plate kind of looks like exposed flesh. Yeah, and it's, it's all red and looks like ribs. Just horrifying. It, like the the fact that okay, he can't. He doesn't have legs. He's wheelchair bound as as an effect, but so problematic. Everything else is just like horrific looking, and I don't like any of it. I do yeah, kind of like the wheels. It, it's one of the few design influences they seem to be taking from transmetal forms instead of brand new concept art or harkening yeah. back to the uh, season one of Beast yeah. Wars. If the wheels were the one weird thing about him, it wouldn't be a problem, but everything else is just so bizarre that... Ugh. Yeah. It, Although it's... a lot of the design elements are right from the toy. Well, yeah, but it's still creepy. Yeah. Yes. And he's got, like, weird little whiskers on his face now. His, his previous robot modes had exposed brain-looking things on top, but somehow this is creepier. I guess that's true. How? Magic. I wonder if it's kind of a trying to keep playing on the whole thing he's got going on in beast mode where he kind of seems like he has some exposed spots like a rat that has the plague and is kind of festering. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, he is a rat, so I guess that's a good point. Yeah. Rats are associated with plague and disease. Pleasant looking. But unfortunately, he can't quite just stop at robot mode, as he keeps ending up in various body horror scenarios where he's kind of halfway between. Uh, Including in one scene in which he is both Rosie Greer and Ray Milland in the incredible two-headed transplant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that... When he has both robot and beast head at the same time, that's... That's the most horrific... It made me feel ill just looking at it, and... It, it and they're both speaking in unison. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's a real yeah. rat. It's a real uh, ratchet Megatron kill us kind yeah. of uh, thing. Oh, yeah. they yeah. definitely it's succeeded at the body horror thing they were going for, and I don't think they realized it would be even more effective because we hadn't seen his robot mode yet, and it's horrifying. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it. Uh, there, there was one cute bit though where his robot head just has rat ears on the top. Yes. Well, his robot head kind of has ears too on the oh, they're just on the sides, not on top. Well, no, like rat his rat ears, like yes. actual sticking up rat ears, adorable yeah, a, rat ears. He's a real brundlefly in this episode. Yeah, it's creepy. Some Cronenberg stuff, man. Yeah, they made him yep. into a Cronenberg. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, unsurprisingly, Tankor manages to detect all this commotion, and he traps the Maximals under a giant punch bowl. <laughs> As you do. Well, he's Although confused that, we get for... An, we get a, he's confused yeah, for that, a we bit. We do get a... a you go. Okay, there, there's a, a really I really enjoy this fight scene where all the Maximals are taking on Tankor. Although yeah, there is fun. a shot that is blatantly lifted from the Matrix. Oh yes. yeah. They just bullet time it right up. Like, oh wow, remember the Matrix guys, which is some impressive turnaround because this is uh, this is the same year as the Matrix. Yeah. Well, people who. People who would be working on a show like this would probably be super into The Matrix. Or, wait. Oh, yes. What, was that jump kick in the trailers for The Matrix? Ah, uh, gee, I don't know. I've, I've, I should look that up. I haven't... I can't... I don't even I'm almost sure it is. I think it was, yeah. So... Okay. <laughs> so when the trailer came that's out, they were better. making this episode. Which now we can figure Boy, out... Boy, that's, that, that's risky. I mean, yeah. you can put that in there, and then, like, The Matrix turns out to be terrible, and then, gee, remember that movie, The Matrix? It was terrible. Well, at least it's a cute, cool Well, that one shot was shot. cool, at least. Yeah, yeah the, the good thing about that is if it was that terrible, then no one's going to think of it. No one's going to associate oh, yeah. it with that, and then they're going yeah. to think you're super inventive and awesome. <laughs> Instead of super, we enjoyed The Matrix. Yes. Plus, there's, all, there's, Actually, there's a little... There's a... Go ahead. Hmm? Oh, there's a fair bit of Matrix in the writing, too. Well, yeah. yeah, I and not least by the fact that they keep talking about the Matrix. <laughs> the Transformers had that first, though. Well, they uh. did, but like in in Beast Wars, they don't talk about the Matrix that much. True. No. Well, they. Although I mean, they seem to have just brought that into being a more significant factor in the plot here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's their own Cybertron, but it's it's weird. They're doing weird spiritual things. Yep. I mean, like you've kind of even got the, uh, the the basic character analogs here. You know, uh, Cheetor is the Keanu Reeves. Uh, Black Rachnia is the Carrie Ann Moss. Uh, Primal is the Lawrence Fishburne. And I think Rattrap is Joe Pantoliano. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the hat. He's got the stupid little hat. I mean, Joe Pantoliano looks like a live-action Rattrap. But, but yeah. she's not as much Trinity as my Beast Machines fan character, who is a moth, <laughs> who in robot mode had moth wings that turned into her trench coat, and had bug eyes that were like mirror shades. So she was the moth <laughs> man? <laughs> well, well, now you need to do a sequel where she's a, uh, a lesbian lawyer. Oh, I do. That's a good point. I'm going to go work on that. <laughs> I feel like this fight also sequence is... a terrible person. Yeah, she's a terrible anyway. person. I feel like this fight sequence is a good time to talk about. There's some really good animation in this episode and some really kind of animation in this episode. Almost like they had two teams of people working on it. And one of them is really good. Yeah. Like, I started noticing in this episode just how good the animation is on Cheetor when he's in beast mode. They are nailing Cat in a way that they never got close to doing in uh, Beast Force. Oh yeah, he looks yes. less like a cat, but he's more cat-like. It's, it's amazing and weird. But and then also there was the. Sorry, go ahead. The, well, there, there's the parts where they're running at the camera, and it's nothing but like speed lines and, and effects, and like they're running at weird cycles, but the speed lines look kind of neat if cheap. Yeah, there it, are it a lot like... of speed lines in this episode. Yeah, yeah. it yes. seems like they're kind of experimenting the way they did with the comic book panels in... I mean, this was right around when anime was hitting peak as a thing and not just, oh, it's a type of cartoon. As example yeah. by half the cast being in Dragon Ball Z. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that might have just been them experimenting with, well, anime does this. Will it be cool on our show? No. <laughs> let's find out. <laughs> yeah, let's find out. Uh, there is a bit with uh, Thrust where he transforms and their speed lines, and I kind of like that bit. Yeah. That did work. Yeah, it, it works better for the vehicles a bit in a way. stock animation Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, Jetstorm and Thrust have another little fight beating each other through buildings. And that's another one that made me think, well, man, the animation is kind of spotty in this one. Because earlier when they were fighting, when they threw each other through two windows, it was like the oh, cool. glass just looked like it shattered really weird. And then hmm. here they have Jetstorm getting thrown into the side of a building and thwacking against it. And then Thrust rushing off on his own because he spotted the same thing Tankor did. And it's so disappointing that Jetstorm doesn't deform at all. He just he doesn't even have a fun splayed out pose. He just hits the wall. Oh, yeah. it's it's almost like it's not the same people who did Beast Wars. It's just sad. They're they're ruining it. Although ruining I have it. to assume it's the same people. That maybe there was some sort of Hasbro mandate that this one is grittier <laughs> and more serious. Less silly. Less blowing yes. up the characters, maybe. Ah, oh, that's sad. Yeah. Don't blow up the I mean, toys you're trying to sell. Well, and also part of it is that they're like techno organic now. So if you're blowing them up, they're they're like fluids involved. Uh, yeah. But with gross. the Viacons, you think the Viacons at least like might lose some limbs and get put back together. That's true. I think that might happen a little later, but not yet. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Tankor head hurt, but then Tankor slag beast bots. Yeah, and he, he drops a giant punch bowl on him. <laughs> yes. And then I the other like two... a radar dish. The other two vehicles then immediately show up for a Mexican standoff. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I wish that scene had gone on longer, but the scene also made me think, I really should probably see the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, you definitely should. Or you could just rewatch uh, Coming of the Fusors, which also kind of does this. <laughs> yeah. Coming of the Fusors is pretty good. that's more face-off than Mexican standoff between three different guys. Hmm. True. Because, hey, it turns out Tarantino movies were also really popular in uh, 1999. Yes. Yes, they were. So, but the, anyway, while, while they are doing this, the Maximals uh, managed to get beyond Thunderdome. And, uh, <laughs> oh, God. And uh, get out front of this thing, but then a stray shot hits something, which explodes in a weird, crazy kind of way. There's yeah, a they... lot of exploding in this episode. I think like, they mentioned, like, they're like... I think they mentioned earlier in the episode Optimus was complaining, no, don't shoot at anything, there might be explosives in the crates. Yeah, and then Tankor shot a thing and it exploded, but this was a really, really, really big explosion. This was like a water tower full of nitroglycerin. It looks great, though. Yeah. Oh, it is is the best explosion I think they've done in the series. Yes. Yeah, because it goes to white a few times as it blasts past everybody. Which yeah. knocks everybody out except for Tankor. And that is so badass because the way they had the entire scene blocked and the way they shot it, Tankor was standing closest to the thing. Yes. Tankor was facing it, and then, like, everyone else is on the ground moaning in pain, and then Tankor is just, eh. And, like, it looked like they were doing the shot where character is being annihilated by explosion with him, but then he's just yes. in the same pose and shrugs. Yeah, we, <laughs> yep. not quite as much as when Inferno gets burned to death in the season two finale. But. 
It, would it still could have nice. been that if they wanted to go a different way with how strong Tankor is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we uh, we come back from commercial, and the Maximals are all t- uh, trussed up in the Citadel before Megatron. Yay, the Beast Wars are over! Again. Yet again. <laughs> yep. Yay! And so Tankor now demands his reward, and his reward is freedom. And that is the removal of his spark. That's that's hella dark, man. I mean, that's but like... it makes sense. I like, like I said earlier, Tankor just sounds like he's in constant agony. Yeah. Yeah. It's like something I'd write, man. On the one hand, yes. On the other hand, it seems like Megatron's big gloating speechifying to all of them is implying that, oh, I consider this for everyone. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, what that... he's threatening to do to the Maximals, too. It's just, right, and it's yeah. presumably also what Jetstorm and Thrust would have won, even though they seem to enjoy existing. <laughs> yeah, yeah and in a way that Tankor does not. Seen that as like a reward, reward. No, but for Tankor, which makes you wonder what they think they're getting. Ice cream party. <laughs> I, I can see it for either of them. Maybe that Thrust is like, oh, good, I don't have to exist anymore. Therefore, I don't have to be around all you other uncool people. I don't have to put up with you losers. Yeah, but I can't see Jetstorm enjoying that at all. He loves being a jerk and flying around and talking. Hey, he's he's vain, he's very proud. He loves existing. Yes. But, uh, I mean, yeah, kudos to Paul Dobson here for just sounding like somebody who, conceivably, his greatest reward is the sweet oblivion of non-existence. Yeah. I'm Mr. Tankor, look at me! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's going to help Megatron fix his golf swing, or he's going to die trying. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, uh, luckily, while Megatron is speechifying, Rattrap is still transforming uncontrollably. Oh, yeah, because they're, that... they're stuck in, like, the, the security bond rings that, is it Ravage brought them in... Yeah, Adaptive. Ravage yeah. Uh, used them on uh, Megatron. On Megatron. Yeah, we haven't seen those things in a while. They're still getting used out of. So they do still have some of the old models they're using, just not as many. Yeah. I uh, mean, they're back on Cybertron. They've probably got like a warehouse of them. We just had a whole bunch of them in the back room. Yeah. The, uh, in the storage closet. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, Rattrap keeps transforming, and eventually that strains these things to the breaking point. And so he is able to release the others whilst Megatron is still talking. Did it actually break, <laughs> or did it just loosen enough that he could slip out? I think it broke. We saw the yeah, uh, starts the, crack. Like the metal part like cracking. Oh wow, yeah. Huh. Oh, Megatron. Yeah. So there's a fight, and uh, Primal has a couple of good lines here. Very, you know, Pri- um, Optimus has a really dry sense of humor in this episode, and I like it. Hmm. Yeah. Which is better than him being sad and or mad all the time, which has been happening a lot. Yep. Poor guy. Poor monkey. Kind of reminds me of Beast Wars Primal, which which I enjoy. Yeah, I miss that Primal. It's nice when he gets to be action hero and not a slightly obnoxious Zen mentor. Yes. Yes. All right, so... During... So in the fight that ensues, Megatron uh, hulks out again, turns into a dragon... And 
Primal, again, uses those nebulous powers and has a real Jim Starlin-looking cosmic communing with Tankor's spark. (laughs) I I had forgotten that this was a thing, and and as I recall, that's something that just shows up constantly throughout the show, (laughs) is his giant floating monkey head. It's not his monkey head, it's... Robot mode. Robot mode. Well, he's still pretty monkey-like. And I think okay. part of, and I think his kind of big chin in that is why I was thinking Jim Starlin because he kind of looks like Thanos. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I can see, see it. That. But then he's talking giant to Tankor's giant disembodied head, which, without a body, is is even sillier looking, and yet that's more a weird looking head. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, to, well, you put a, you stick a fisheye camera on that, and it's monstrous combat. It's it's a monster Muppet. <laughs> anyway, so inside Tankor's head, very underrated sitcom. <laughs> got got Hank Azaria and Yeardley Smith in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was Simpsons. Let's see. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, so yeah, he actually convinces Tankor to switch sides because you know he knows that you know Megatron is just using you and. uh you know, we'll we'll hang out. Yeah, it, it's kind of like it just confuses Tankor enough to make him think, okay, sure, I'll fight against Megatron. Wait, what? Maybe he does want the ice cream party. <laughs> and and yeah, he, he they totally team up and they escape. Uh, despite Megatron in kind of a neat visual using a bunch of those uh, combined Ooh, floating yeah. video screens <laughs> to project a giant image of his face. Yeah. Yes, that was neat. Oh yeah, and th- th- there's a nice. At, at the end of that sort of that scene, there's it's dubious as to if they get away with Tankor or not. They just get away, sort of. Right. It's like an, until the, the screen fades and oh, Tankor. Yeah. Yeah, we just yeah. see this giant thing rolling along. Yeah. And it really, at this point, it really does look like this is like the happy ending to some lesser cartoon show, and they're all going yeah. to go out for ice cream now. <laughs> Yeah. It's just like our our buddy Tankor here. Thanks, guys. I mean that that would be kind of an interesting plot complication because I mean presumably Megatron can detect him. Could they hide him at all? That's oh, a yeah. question. That would, that Could would Primal be... reformat him into having a beast mode, which turns out to be a thing far. that he can do, as we'll see later? Yeah, there, there's so many possibilities, but instead Megatron has planned for this eventuality. And he hacks yes. into the Gibson tanker. He erases the last 20 hours out of Tankor's memory. I, he said 20 cycles, and oh, that might be 20 cycles. minutes. Yeah, which is about the runtime of that episode up to that point. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. These, that seemed like a meta joke. These episodes are shorter than Beast Wars episodes by like two minutes. Yeah, I think oh, the advertising box. standards have changed. Yeah. yeah. But it's kind of dramatic. I mean, it, like two whole minutes lost. That, that, and the that, opening credits that, are shorter, too. Yeah. Fox had cereal to sell. I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, quite. And all their other shows that they kind of unsuccessfully launched around that time. So, you know, tune into Zyber 9, kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, was that the French one? One of the French ones? I don't... I think, I think it might so. have been French. I know it was in a block. It was that. It was, uh, I think, that Avengers cartoon, which was also terrible. Ooh, oh, my yeah. goodness. That was not good. One of these it days, I mean, had... you just do research on that weird period where 
there were all these French animated TV shows that felt really anime-y. Yeah. Because yes. I have and no idea what was going on there. <laughs> I believe Fox was also airing, oh, Cyber Six, which was actually, which was also very French, but was actually good and had the single weirdest premise of any cartoon show that I believe Fox had aired or will or would ever air. In as much as it was about a cross-dressing cyborg. Yay. Oh, she was a cyborg? I didn't even remember that. I know she was or fighting a cyborg clone or something. Something I don't know. She was some sort of artificial person who, in her secret identity, uh, was a dude. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's weirder than Beetleborgs. Oh, that's true. Right. Although I did say animated. Yeah. That point. <laughs> that was that was a live action show about kids getting. Uh, Robot superpowers from the ghost of Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I forgot about that yeah. until this point that, that that had the ghost of Jay Leno, by which I You're mean welcome. some ghost that was clearly Jay Leno. <laughs> anyway. I mean, I, I think it might have been supposed to be Elvis, but it just looked like Jay Leno. Yeah, because oh, yeah. it, it, it did. Very, very Jay Leno. <laughs> And also, there were a bunch of universal monsters in that for some reason. Well, because they had yeah. a ghost. If you have a ghost, you got to have a mummy and a werewolf and a Frankenstein. Apparently, I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of, and they all live in a haunted house together, and then the kids hang out there when they're not in beetle robots. What? <laughs> yeah. Anywho, oh, and the uh, bad guys yeah. all came out of comic books, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Megatron has hacked the Gibson. He's deleted this episode from Tankor's memory, so he's back to being uh, Tankor Smash. Yes. Primal tries to uh, get back into him, but gets a busy signal. He literally gets a busy signal. <laughs> from Megatron. Uh, Meg- Megatron How does- as a phone operator. I, th- there should have been more of that. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a fun gag. I enjoyed yes. that. Yes. And, and the actual busy signal did help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, on the one hand, it did. It made that joke totally work. On the other hand, it just made me go, in what universe did Megatron experience that communication system? How does he know to make that reference? I mean, yeah. Soundwave was a guy who turned into a cassette player, so yeah. maybe there was like a Decepticon who turned into a phone. Yeah, Ooh, and we, uh, we don't really I like that explanation. I've... any information about, like, post-G1 pre-Beast Wars, what Cybertron was like. They... They absorbed a lot of Earth culture, although why they would absorb busy signals is a weird idea. <laughs> it was on I the mean, that's a technology disc. thing. Maybe they thought it was some sort of primitive uh, Earth communication. Could be. Yeah. Anyway, Primal tries to re-Zen Master... Oh, wait, you just did that. Yeah, they right. got busy signal. You and go then back uh, Black Rachnia has to Spider-Man Tankor. Oh, and yeah. That's gross. That scene was so Spider-Man... It, it made me think of like Spider-Man versus Juggernaut, but even more like Spider-Man versus the Lizard in whichever Spider-Man movie that was when they finally had the Lizard. It was uh, Amazing Spider-Man with uh, what's a Reese Ifans playing the Lizard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, just after he killed Dennis Leary. Um, or Ghost of Dennis. Yeah, he was an asshole. <laughs> So, so anyway, yeah, they she Spider-Man's him. He falls just as his cannon's about to fire. Mm-hmm. He falls face first, and so the blast from his cannon propels him up into up through several several stories, yeah, floors, up into the air, and then down onto uh, Jetstorm and Thrust. Oh, it's 
<laughs> it's possibly the best visual audio gag they've really done because you can hear Tankor smashing through the floors as he's going up after he leaves the Maximals. And then you cut to the two other Viacons just talking it out. And you can hear the levels smashing getting closer. <laughs> you know what's coming. And, and of course they're saying, if I ever see that a guy again. <laughs> It'll be and then he falls on top of them. Falls on top of them. Tankor gets back up for a second and then falls back down on top of Jeff's door. <laughs> We've all had days like that, Tankor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. this is an uneasy and, and then we get back to the Maximals, and Primal is sad again, because he did sense something familiar about Tankor's spark. Well, he says almost familiar. Yes. And also, he has really bright teeth, despite being entirely backlit and just silhouetted. And then we yes. get more giant floaty heads. Yeah. Yes, In we space. do. <laughs> I mean... Again, I kind of like it because it is very Jim Starlin. Yeah. It is. It's definitely very Jim Starlin. It's still weird. <laughs> it is super weird. <laughs> I think it's so Jim Starlin in that it is weird. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Why? And, uh, yeah, so it, it is an uneven episode. The animation's a little uneven. The plot is uneven. Uh, once again, it's Rat Trap versus Dignity. And uh, Rat Trap well, loses. For like Poor the first guy. half of the episode is Rat Trap versus Dignity, and the second half is more, hey, there's this Tankor guy. <laughs> yes. Let's get, let's get cosmic, kids. Yeah. Yes. Tankor versus Coherent Thought. <laughs> Who's ready to buy some toys? <laughs> Yay! Toys. When it's good, it's very good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And when it's bad, it's puzzling. <laughs> Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yep. Uh, I think more of the problems in this episode are just Rat Trap's design more than his actions, I guess. Although he is kind of stupid when he, he just transforms in front of them because he can now. Without yeah. assessing the situation. Hey, are you guys being shot at? Can I transform now? It's like, no, he just... I got it. something to show you guys. That's like Cheetor level stupid. Yeah. 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 I mean, I know he's experiencing some anxiety of not, over not being able to transform, but that still seems out of character. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Mercenary Pursuits, it, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. There's uh, there's some clever writing in here. There's some nice animation. The whole thing doesn't quite hold together. Who are the mercenaries in this? Is it just I the mean, I guess vehicons? The vehicons. Yeah, because I guess they're yeah. they're out for something in their own. You know, or, you know, they're selfishly looking for the Maximals. Yeah. Maybe they, like, each got promised their own reward, and that was just the one that Tankor happened to want. This is possible. I, I'm guessing maybe Jetstorm will get this later. Maybe he wanted somebody somebody else's drones. Ooh. Maybe. I don't... Jetstorm wanted a really big mirror. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he just wanted to know what his power level is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't stop. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't done that joke yet, but it'll it'll happen. I've already made it on our Facebook page. Oh yeah, and we'll, we'll make it again. <laughs> Rob, you are a bad man. 
Oh, I'm we a have, terrible person. We have a whole rest of a while to, to keep I'm, making I'm, that joke. I'm not going to disagree, but I was referring to Vegeta's pink t-shirt. I know. Oh. And now I'm, I'm, I'm picturing Jetstorm in it and now and I can't stop laughing. <laughs> oh, we, we, we are all getting sent to the home for infinite losers. <laughs> yes. Uh, so speaking of our Facebook page, uh, we have a Facebook page. Yes. Yeah. We have all sorts of internet pages and odds and ends. We we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash stasispod. We're on Twitter at at stasispod. And we're on Tumblr at stasispod.tumblr.com. And our RSS feed is hosted on iaconunderground.net. Uh, we and our news show, Icon Underground Radio, are also... Uh, we have a Patreon set up uh, so we can remain ad-free and also continue actually having a show. Uh, you can find us on Patreon slash Icon Underground Radio. You can also find us on iTunes and on Google Play. And uh, while you're there, check out our snazzy new logo, courtesy of Alex. Yes. Actually, it's just patreon.com slash Icon Underground. Oh, okay. Good job, right, so- me. All right, so that is Mercenary Pursuits, and uh, that will do us until next week when it's it's what we've all been dreading. <laughs> it It's one of two things I've been dreading. You get to take a taste of the forbidden fruit. Oh, and that, unfortunately, it tastes like guano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. So until so it, stay tuned, and until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. I'm Tankor. Where podcast backups go. <laughs> <laughs>